you want to create an audiobook, but how in the world do you produce one? Well, that's a great question. I hadn't a clue until I rolled up my sleeves and decided it was time for me to bring an audiobook to life. What I learned in the process was the seemingly simple journey of recording. You reading your book was anything but simple. Worth it? Yes. Simple? No way. I'm so grateful that I was able to produce the audiobook alongside Phil, my audiobook supporter, and together we navigated the hours upon hours of recording, editing, music creation, and more to ensure the book readers listen to would create the same journey as the one that they read. Want a sneak peek into what it takes to produce an audiobook? Well, today is your lucky day because Phil and I tell all the good, the bad, the stomach rumbles and the air bubbles too. <laughs> Ready to dive in. Let's do this. Hey, I'm Stephanie Feger and I help authors make their author impact. Marketing can be overwhelming and immobilizing for many authors but I'm determined to invite you to trade overwhelm for empowerment. I believe that empowered people empower people, and I'm obsessed with empowering you, the nonfiction author, with impactful marketing strategies and tactics to help you take your important message and share it with those who desperately need it, want it, and here's the kicker, will buy it. But marketing movement for movement's sake just won't work. That's where strategy comes in and what I'm determined to share with you. I'm the owner and chief strategist of the Empower PR Group and the author of multiple books myself, including a book that is perfect for authors called Make Your Author Impact, Sell More Books, Increase Your Reach, and Achieve Your Why. I have been called to merge my love for reading books, writing books, and marketing books to help nonfiction authors with laser-focused strategies and tactics to write books that sell, promote books to those who need and want them most, and build meaningful businesses from empowering messages. Think of this podcast as your one-stop shop for marketing insights for an author who has been there, done that, and understands exactly where you are. Because guess what? I have, and I do. So get your pins ready, because I'm ready to empower you. This is the Empowered Author Podcast. All right, today, Phil and I want to pull back the curtain on the production of an audiobook. And I guess maybe instead of the curtain, Phil, like pull back the, you know, the insulated sound room, like <laughs> the foam, pull back. Yeah, yeah. Crack the door. Crack the door, give you a sneak peek into what it's like to actually produce an audiobook. So we've talked about the importance of audio. We've talked about the strategy behind it, if it's a good fit for you, etc. But until it's like it's like with anything in life, until you dive in and try something, you might not know what you need to prepare and plan for and how the process works. And I think it would just is smart to be aware of it so that you can schedule it accordingly. Without further ado, curtain is drawn back. You've got me, an audiobook author who is recent in navigating the journey, Phil, who has been doing this for years and knows the ins and outs as the producer of beautiful music and audiobooks. And together, we want to walk you through the production schedule, uh, which, which sometimes is kind of linear, Phil. Sometimes it's not, right? <laughs> sometimes we go back and forth. <laughs> Right. I mean, sometimes you got to come in and do a little uh, 15 or 20 minute sample of how you read and take it and listen to it and Go, oh. you know, just see how see how it works and 
I mean, it's a new thing for, for a lot of people. And yeah, it can really be a big learning experience. It can be. And so give yourself grace uh, in that process and know that you don't have to know all the things. You don't have to control all the things, says a, um, a recovering control addict over here. And uh, and rest assured that when you have the right people on board, they'll help you navigate it. Okay, so the first step in my world, Phil, would be make sure that you have your book ready and you're at the right time for it. If your book is still in editing, probably not a good time to go do audiobook production. If you haven't finished the book, hmm, probably not a good time either. Uh, but I like to say, get your book out. I don't think audiobooks have to come out immediately when the book does. I actually like to use it as a uh, infused promotional opportunity after the book comes out. And that can even be a couple years, a couple months, what have you, somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. uh, but make sure you have that book ready and that you have, um, if you, and then that it's readable, that it is in a way a digital format. So you and your producer can both take a peek at it. That would make life so much easier, right, Phil? If people have that. Oh yeah. If you're, if you're working with a publishing company, make sure everybody's done with the editing because I have had an author came in and read and then, after the reading a thing, you know, they decided to make up more changes and they had to come back in, do it again. You got to go into places and try to mm -hmm. try to piece it in to try to make it sound like you didn't piece it in. And yeah, th that right there, it, it just adds complexity that that is unnecessary. Just wait until you're sure everybody's done. Yes, yes. And, and just also know, too, you can be done, the book can be out, and inevitably you will find a typo or something in your book. That is normal. You might read it and go, oh, I don't, I found a handful. Yeah, you found you found things in yours, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's gone through several rounds of editing. The book had been out for several months, no big deal. So I would also say, be prepared mentally on while you are recording, you will identify those. What, how do you fix those, right? It, do you have the ability to get that, those fixed or not? Mm -hmm. Does that matter to you or not? So just keep that in mind. So, okay, so step one, you got to have your book, people. We, we need a book. <laughs> we can't record the audiobook without a book. You need your manuscript. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so step two is the one that I think most people know, Phil, and that's you got to schedule time to get to record it. Like you have to go into a studio sure. and make a promise to me, author friends, you're, that studio is not your home closet. Like go somewhere and do it right because quality audio matters. People appreciate it. And I would say, Phil, for the author, this is probably the largest time suck for them. Oh, sure. Physically sitting down yes, recording. definitely. Yeah. And what's an average, right? Like so... You know, I came to you how many times? Probably four times? Yeah, four or five. Like six four or hours, five, yeah. give or take? Mm -hmm. Four or five. Well, it depends on the length of the book. The length of the book. I do not think authors should expect to read the whole thing in a day. No way. After so many hours, you, you, you literally, no. and usually about three or four hours, you, you get to the point where you things will go right by you and you won't identify them as a problem. You could go too long. And then once you get to listening, hey, we may have done this on yours a, yeah. a, a time or two where you get back into it and you start reading, you realize the amount or you start listening, the amount mm -hmm. of mistakes that we made and mistakes we missed, you know, we're, we're doing our best to, to catch them all. But uh, if you go too long, yep. you, you lose your ability to catch the mistakes and to articulate yep. properly. And man, there's so many, so many factors, usually about three hours mm -hmm. is, is a good length 
depending on the person, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with trying to go as long as, as somebody can do it. But That's a good range. once you're hitting 100 mistakes in a chapter, yeah, you probably need to just stop for the day. But yeah, they repeat, right? Like, you and I, after, after the first one, we quickly, like, we could look at each other and we're like, we're done. It's done. Yeah, Today toast. Today we did great. We're done. We're done. Man. Yeah. You need a nap after it, you know? I mean, it's... Yeah. It is. It's mentally, it's really taxing um, if you go too yeah. long. Try to go six hours. I've done that a, yeah. a, a couple of times. Holy mm-hmm. cow, man. At the end of the Hard. day, man, you're, you're just toast. You're mentally toast. Yeah, so pace yourself. Plan for it and pace yourself. I would rec- recommend that if you are recording it in a studio, which we recommend, that you block off uh, subsequent days. So don't do like an, a day here, a day in a month, whatever. You know, look for a week of time, maybe two weeks that you could go in regularly and do it. You'll be thankful that you did. You'll still maintain energy. You will, you know, get yourself over the hump. But that is the largest, you know, the largest and most taxing, I think, in the process. And it's what most people think about, right? Mm -hmm. They think, oh, audiobook, I have to record the audio. So they're prepared for that. But I don't know that I was prepared for how, how long it would take for us to do it. And not that it mattered. I just don't know that I was prepared for the time. And so think that through and put it in your, in your schedule and make sure that you don't have distractions, you know, do it at a time where you can disconnect from other commitments and show up fully. You clear your mind, clear your mind and your calendar mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and you know, the text messages, because you can't bring that in the studio anyway. No. All right. So from that point, Phil, people are like, well, I don't know what happens next. And so, so I want to pivot to the editing because for uh, how you tackle it, you like to do editing live with the author, which I think is good. As you go. Yep. So as you as we were reading, you would make, um, what did you call them? You would make like Mark's little I'll Place flags. a marker in Pro Tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Put a marker in. And, and I also thought this was interesting how you did it. I don't know that everyone does it like this, but I loved how you did it. We actually went backwards. So we would record the whole chapter mm-hmm. and you would have your markers. And then we would go backwards through the chapter where the markers were and go, okay, wait, how, how did, was that a problem or not? Oh, yeah. it was. We need to take it out or redo it. And then we would get back to the front of the chapter. And that was also lovely because for me, it pushed me. You, you notice things when you don't read it chronologically. Not that I'm not saying you put it in reverse, mm-hmm. but we just didn't go from the beginning to the end. And so it was a really lovely unique way to navigate well, the it. approach. Uh, you know, my thought is in Pro Tools, I'm at the end of the, the audio file. You're at the end mm-hmm. of the, the chapter and we'll just start from there and go back okay. and find mm-hmm. where there's problems. And, you know, sometimes I think you mentioned this, there are yep. places I'll put a marker because I don't know if it's a problem or not. I'm questioning. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Sometimes if yep. you don't say the exact words that are in the book, yep. you might decide, it's better. It reads better saying it the way I said I it. I did on many. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just going yep. back and listening to the, the questionable spots, things that I identify as a problem or, or potential problem. And just see sometimes, like you said, mm-hmm. you got to redo a whole sentence or four sentences mm-hmm. or whatever it takes. But if 
finding those places and addressing them and making sure that it's reasonable for me and the author Mm -hmm. that you feel like you got it, you know? Yes. Well, so there were two other things you did. One thing you said and one thing I remembered that I thought was interesting. One, you said just now that it's reasonable for both of y'all. I loved that we were editing parts of what we could together because I think it also saves time because it wasn't like you going over there as the producer um, making decisions with by yourself in a silo. Like together we were like, Okay, Stephanie, was that too country or not? I don't know. Do you think that, Phil? No, I think it's fine. Okay, cool. Or Stephanie, you have to, like, this is a question and you ended it like a statement. Oh, yeah, thank you. So we were doing that in live time. I actually think it saved saved us both time. But the other way I liked when you were doing from the back to the front editing like that, it, as, a, as someone who edits her own podcasts most times, when you are editing from the front to the back and you make time changes, yes. like you have to move audio to connect to the beginning. But if you do it from the back and you're, you're um, joining the audio with the clips and stuff you're doing, it, it's easier. And so I don't, I, I always thought, I'm like, I don't know if Phil's doing this on purpose or not, but like, that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it really is faster. And I, yeah, I put pro tools in yeah. shuffle mode and what I delete, yep. it pulls everything behind it forward mm-hmm. And it closes the gaps. Yep. And I like having the author there to say, okay, here's the edit. How's that sound to you? Sounds good to me, but make sure. Because, you know, yep. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not beyond thinking that all of my ideas are the best ideas. And I want to make sure that the author agrees with what I'm thinking. Feels so humble, friends. He's so humble. He, his ideas well, are the good ideas. Um, I'm human. So, okay, so we're done with the recording. Right. Like, so I've scheduled studio time with you or with a location. I've recorded it. The editing either happened mm-hmm. in lifetime, like you and I did, that was par- partial editing, or you've done it before where you give the audio yes. files to an editor, which is a separate journey. And so, Phil, if, uh, if I were to give you all of the files myself, let's say we didn't record it together, what would that editing kind of post-production work look like on your end? It'd be much more difficult because the way we do it, you yeah. have just went through the whole chapter it's all fresh. If you weren't there experiencing the, the reading, you don't have a, a certain insight, even though there might be markers in places that could be a problem. Uh, for one, you, you know, you can't make the edit and then let the author hear it and say, how's that? Yes, that's good. Move along. Because as an editor, you could make decisions that the author wouldn't be pleased with. So right. just getting it, man, doing things collectively, I think is much better. I don't care if you're working on music yeah. or an audio book or anything. Me working by myself is something different than working with other people. And it's always going to be better when you work with other people. I have an author who reminds me regularly, one plus one equals way more than two. Way. And I think that that's true when it comes to collaboration. Absolutely. So, you know, if you have the ability I really believe from my own experience and having Phil help with the audiobook where you helped me record it and you edited it together, I think it made the book stronger. And so I would encourage mm-hmm. that process. If that's not the case, I want authors out there to know you need to give your editor uh, and the and the team that's doing your both post-production some grace because they don't know things about you and your book. They probably might not even be connected to the message yet. They might be reading right. the book for the first time while they're editing it. So they might not know these nuances. You might want to make notes for them, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I prefer 
doing, you know, I prefer extra spacing on certain areas or I don't want mm-hmm. the me edited out of it. You know, if I giggle, keep it like whatever. Right. But they are going to not mm-hmm. know inherently and intuitively what someone who's in the room with you along the journey journey will. Um, so that doesn't that is not sure. a quick process. I mean, we have to keep in mind that editing well, it's like sitting in the room for six hours when you're recording. You you know, you want them to bring their A game to the table. You don't want anybody to do this for 10 hours. They're going to miss things like spaces or yes. overlap of things. Like you're just going to miss things. So just give them some grace and know that that is built in. That could take several weeks, especially to like fill mm-hmm. on your end. Even though we edited together in real time, then you went and added the music, right? Like you yes. added, you created, you had some music already created. Some people won't and some it, sometimes it comes later, but you layered it in, you did transition music, et cetera. So that also takes time and don't, don't push the creative process. Yeah, I believe on your book, I got an idea or a vibe for the music after the first time we got together. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes it'll take mm-hmm. me longer to get us get a feeling from it. You know, like we were talking yesterday, creativity is is not uh, a switch you turn on and it just works all the time. You know, it's funny how it works. I, I don't feel like I'm in control of it sometimes. I never feel like that. When I write a book, Phil, it's like if I sit down, I'm like, I have to write a book. I'm like, this is painful. And it always comes in uh, in times and ways that I am not yes. pushing it. Sometimes it just it's just there. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how how it's there, where mm-hmm. it came from. You just have it. And other times, if you're working as hard as you can, you can't make it work. Yeah. So it really, it, you know, I do a whole lot of um, running it through my head when I'm out of the studio. You know, while you're on the treadmill or while you're on the bike, thinking it through. And sometimes I can get mm-hmm. creative ideas mm-hmm. being outside of the environment. Sometimes being in the environment gives you creative ideas, but... Other times you could be in the grocery store and have ideas. Yes. You know, it's hard. Or driving. Driving. I was going to say, I have my three places for my creative moments. And uh, one of them is driving. One of them is in the shower mm-hmm. or bath. And the other is while I'm in bed sleeping. So I, I do wake up with answers yeah. in the middle of the night or in the mornings to the things. But I think, you know, I think that's good to keep in mind too, because after Phil or your producer has edited your uh, audio book, they've layered in music, then there's more. It's back to you. Back to you, author. <laughs> yeah. Because Check you've us. got to read it or listen to it. You yeah. have to. Or get somebody else to listen or to it. Or get someone else that you try. Right. So for me, you know, my husband listened to part of it. And then I would listen. We, him and I would listen to it, Phil, while we were in the car driving down the road together. Like, you know, going to church or mm-hmm. whatever. We would put on, we would each get an AirPod and we would have them on. And then we would be like, okay, oh, wait, did you hear that? <laughs> That's cool. And so we would make notes of if there was like, for mine, it was more of a spacing thing. That was really the only, ma- and there were a couple times, to- a couple things we missed, but there'd be like a moment where I had made too long of a space. And I knew I was doing a space fill because I have this annoying thing where air bubbles pop up when I'm talking sometimes. And so I'm like, up oh, air bubble space. Those are burps. Those are burps. Burps. Let's <laughs> call them what they are. A bur- I but it wasn't audibly. <laughs> air bubbles. An air bubble. That's the girly way of saying <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Burps. A burp. A burp. Yeah, but so like we had to listen to it. And you know, I found that to be lovely and also hard, right? Like because 
I thought, oh, well, I'll just listen to it and not read along. No, listen and read along because that's where you're going to notice any changes of yes. what you said. So that is another. So if it took, if the the end result mm-hmm. of the book is another eight is an eight hour book, you got to sit down for at least eight hours to listen to it, and you need to prioritize that. And that is hard to prioritize. Yes. And so either you do it or somebody else does it. And then after you do that, now we're talking in the post-production, how are you going to share that feedback back to get, to get adjustments? And I'm, and I'm giggling on the inside, Phil, because I learned a lot from our journey when you're like, Stephanie, we just need to get on the phone and go over these because it's hard to articulate adjustments. Oh, gosh. You would send me like emails. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My, my brain is melting at your emails and I'm like, like Holy just get on the cow. phone. Can't... And you know the crazy part is yeah, they, let's get on the phone. they weren't big. It would it was literally for me it was a space thing. It would be like, oh, it was yeah, the the, the yeah. air bubble burp, right? So but it's hard to articulate. It's not like a book where you go, Oh, I found a typo. Sure. Now we're trying to find it the second, like the minute and the second. And sometimes it's easier to just get on the phone and kind of run through the punch list. Yep. Uh, and that I think saves everybody time too. Would there be a recommendation there for the you? The editing part doesn't really take that long. In an audiobook, finding the point that needs editing, mm-hmm. that's the part that it's takes so long. Yeah, because it's hours and hours. Yeah. And throughout a chapter, you know, I mean, it, there are areas that are sectioned off and we call them whatever. Part one, chapter six, part two, yeah. chapter 12, whatever. And so you can go to this area, but that area could be I mean, some chapters are 30 minutes long. It's not like a song, you know. A song yeah. is like, you know, uh, yeah. it's broken up into intro, verse, <laughs> verse, chorus, bridge, da-da-da, chorus three. And you can find it real quickly, but in an audio book, oh, man, mm-hmm. just getting to the point. And the one thing you did that I liked was sending me, yeah. you know, on your tablet where you could handwrite. Yes. Me finding, that yes. made it so much easier for me to find. That was a big thing. Oh, that was a big this is breakthrough. A plug for the remarkable. It was. It was because the first part we were like, I sent you some stuff and, and I was thinking I was helpful and feels like Stephanie, my head is turning into yeah. a mush. Yeah. We yeah. we need another solution. And I said, okay, well, I'll schedule time and we can come back over. And then I said, then I said, would it be helpful if I sent you the download that I have of my book on my digital? I, I use a remarkable, it's like a tablet. And he's like, Are you kidding? Yes, that would be oh, so gosh. helpful. Yes. And I just took notes when I would say at the 4.30 mark uh, space or uh, at 10.15, my belly grumbled or <laughs> <laughs> or this is duplicative. We didn't catch this or what have you. And I think that really saved some things too. So definitely be thinking about that because the most important part, but it's like the final proofread of a book, right? We, we're tired of it at that point as an author. We're ready to be done with it. Don't overlook that because you need it. It's a very important part of the journey. The same thing happens in music production. By the time you get a song uh-huh. right, you're so sick of hearing it. <laughs> but it, it really requires that. Yeah. You have to do that yeah. in order to get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so you get it right, and everything's all good. The producer gets it to you. Everything's great. The book, then, the next step in the production process is I want you to make sure that you have signed up for whatever audiobook distributor that you're looking for. So, Phil, while you were making those tweaks, here I am over here signing up and figuring out how Audible works, uh, ACX.com, which is Amazon's version uh, and platform for audiobook distribution. Signing up for that, figuring it out, learning. You do need to make sure that you get your book designed in a 
uh, square format that is different from your book stock, right? Your book cover needs to be redesigned. And please do not just throw it in Canva and crop it. Um, don't do that. Our books are designed as like a six by nine, not a square. And so you need that created. You want to make sure if you do have your book connected on Amazon or other platforms that it's pulling the, the description, all that stuff. What I also was doing, Phil, while you were finishing up some of the editing and the, the post-production, I was taking the titles of the chapters and putting them in Audible in the different audio files that I would then, or different audio kind of, what's that called? Like, cha- I guess chapters within it or modules within it that I would upload. Or sections. sections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, upload the audio to. And mm-hmm. that is important because in Audible, you don't just upload the eight hours, you upload the chapters because that way people will have the ability, I'm guessing, to navigate the chapter that they want when they want it, right? So yeah. Audible has like, like we found out later, they change things every other moment, but we had to pull out the opening and closing credits that that was a non-negotiable. They require it and it can't be a part of the other file. You know, I had broken it in those ways. So you, so then the producer doesn't just go, okay, Stephanie, here's your, make your author impact book. You know, you and I had to figure out how, how are you going to get me each of the chapters? Yes. And so they're each individually downloaded chapters. And we had to re- we had to create what, what is called a retail sample, which is a little sneak peek that people can get. It was like a minute. Yeah, like a minute, minute and a half, super, super cheap or super cheap, super mm-hmm. cheap, super short. But it's, you know, gives them a glimpse yeah. of what they're going to do. We used for my book, we used the back cover. I just read the back cover. But for some authors, I think some of your other ones, you just pulled something like a, a part of the book out, right, Phil? Yeah, like whatever is the main message of the book, like what's a really profound part of the Mm -hmm. book that's kind of one of the main points, we use that. Everybody's idea on that's a little different, which is good. It allows you to customize your book to, to whatever you're wanting to do. But you discover things later, like like you said. You know what I discovered later on the retail sample? That's where I found a typo on the back cover of the book. Do you know how many times and how many people looked at that? Oh. Like everybody, nothing. I mean, Nothing. And I remember when I was recording it, I had this, oh my gosh, Phil moment. He's like, what? What? I'm like, pause. I have to write this down. I found a typo on on the back cover. Come on. But obviously this is a place where you can showcase Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what what would draw somebody in. Let them get a glimpse of hearing you speak, hearing your message and everything in between. Laying it out in Audible, it, that's kind of where you got the idea to remove the part. You know, you had like part one. Yep. And because it was such a short area, we thought, well, we'll just attach it to the chapter. Yeah. And when you start laying it out, you're like, no, it'd be better to have a separate file for that. Yep. And so we ended up going in and removing that off the beginning of the chapter. And it gives you a little better perspective of how you want the book laid out. It does. How you want the audio book laid out. It does, and how people might be navigating it. So, yeah, so I was doing that while you were making tweaks to the final content, final um final Mm -hmm. audio files. You got me the final audio files, then you upload them. I mean, I I know this sounds simple friends, but it's not because I start uploading them and you know, and again, I'm using audible. There's other platforms out there, but it was popping back a couple of them. It was like red triangle with an exclamation mark, like problem. And I'm like, there is no problem. Yeah problem. And so then I uploaded everything and then they had a report that I could run and I've sent you over this beautiful little report, which is, this is another reason why I'm glad Phil, you were part of this process. I don't know how to read those reports. I don't have a clue what it was saying. Most of the time it's something to do with the overall 
perceived loudness or if there's a problem with the, the amount of blank space at the beginning or the end. It has to, I mean, the specifications are very close, but the hard thing about perceived loudness is the as you're reading, when you're reading more relaxed areas of the book, you talk softer, and then other areas of the book, you talk louder. I will measure uh, for a chapter. I'll take a sample and I'll measure that. I have meters that'll show me the, the overall yeah. loudness. That doesn't mean it's going to meet yeah. their specifications, the way their website analyzes the file. So there is sometimes some, some trial and error. You have to get it where you the meter says it should be. Sometimes you put it on their website and it says it's a decibel off and you, it'll kick it back and you just make an adjustment, add a decibel to it or take a decibel yeah. off throw it back up and uh, it's just back and forth with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I think we mentioned this before. I think a couple of times I've done a whole book and threw it up and everything worked other times not. I mean, but a lot of it has to do with how the reader reads and a a book that has places of higher emotion. That's a little stronger. That makes the perceived loudness a little louder. So I, you know, I can process all the audio files to get them within their specifications. And because of the way the voice naturally comes up and mm-hmm. down, sometimes they're, however they're mm-hmm. measuring it on their website, it ends up seeing it as a problem. Yeah. And we got to yeah. make a little adjustment. It's no big deal, but it takes some fiddling with. There's my Southern accent there. Fiddling, fiddling. is a little fit. It's a hankering it and a fiddling. Some fiddling. <laughs> yep. It does. And, you know, not that I didn't respect you in the journey, Phil, but by the time that we got them all in, I was like, there is a special place in heaven for people who love audio at this level, because this makes me want to go insane. (laughs) And I didn't even have many pop back. There were just a handful, right? And uh, I was grateful, though, for, for your help. Also, something that I didn't expect I mean, not even though we named the files the right files, as I was uploading the files, I was like, I need to double check that this is like, because I had this, this moment where I'm like, the AI on Audible is not going to know if I say this is the chapter on this, if it's if I uploaded yeah. the wrong file. So you want to test those things. So I share that because you need to plan this into yes. your schedule and and be prepared. Now, I'll, Phil, I'll tell you where we're at at the moment of recording this. By the time the podcast is out, we will be past it. But in the moment, moment of recording, now I'm in the waiting game. Yep. You know, the ebook, the audio book has been uploaded. Everything looks great. It's been submitted. And now we sit for, you know, they say about 10 days to see what uh, if Audible has any thoughts or questions or concerns. And this is also how the print process works for uh, when you use Amazon KDP and Ingram and what have you in uh, in the print version of the book. But that none of that of what we just went through <laughs> is is a quick thing, right? You need to plan for it. And so I encourage you to set aside realistic plans for bringing this to life and give grace and embrace the people who are helping you navigate it because there are nuances that you're learning. And whether you're the one leading the uploading process or someone else's, whether you are the one capturing the audio at a studio, not in your home closet or someone else's, whether you're trying to navigate editing, although I don't encourage it, or somebody else's, you know, realize that you are going to uncover elements and new parts and new things to consider along the way. You might decide you don't want Audible to be the one you want to look into new and different uh, audiobook distributors. Okay. Um, you might uncover, you know, that you didn't have music and you're like, oh my gosh, I really want music now. Or you might uncover things along the journey. And so just give yourself grace and build that into the time frame. 
What am I missing on the production or the audiobook process, Phil? Pretty much got it, I think. When you're working with a publishing company, it's probably not a bad idea to to put the thought of of music in their mind before you start because I did have an author come in and when I started letting him hear music I've done for other books he was like oh man I love that idea after we were done then he talks to the publishing company and they they end up going no I think we'll wait you know we'll we'll save that for for another book whereas I think if uh, if he would have put it in their minds earlier in the process they might have had a little more time to think about it and maybe made a better decision before we got started. But the author wanted it, and then they ended up kind of uh, exnaying it on him because I think it was so late in the process. Well, that's yeah. annoying. Yeah, but that's what book publishing companies yeah. do. Well, but I'm glad that you brought that up because I, you know, I have leveraged a hybrid publisher for my first book and my three subsequent following ones were all um, in the self-published space. I have become very accustomed to control and not wanting to share it in this uh, journey. And so if publishing with a publisher is the route that you've taken, uh, you need to keep in mind a couple things. You need to definitely wiggle in and evaluate time on what your contract allows. Do you own this or is the publishing company the one that owns this version? Are you in control? Do you get Mm -hmm. to make these decisions or not? That is important. I think that's important for a lot of things uh, in the yes. in this and in, in with your intellectual property and how you use it. But Phil, not being able to use music would make me cry. And I always say a sad Stephanie is some, a Stephanie nobody wants around. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially once you sell the author on the idea, and he can't sell he can't sell the idea to the publishing company, and oh, you know yes. it wasn't like it was adding you know it wasn't doubling the cost the overall production cost Mm-mm. or anything. Yeah, it, it was definitely a a, a big disappointment to that particular author. Oh, that that is disappointing, but. Uh, we don't want you to be disappointed, which is why in this this episode, we wanted to kind of walk you through it so you could plan for it. You could set aside the time, but also keep in mind setting aside the resources. You know, you're booking studio space and time. You're booking uh, and setting aside time for the production and editor team. Uh, you are, if you have music, which I think every everyone should, I think it's just a beautiful touch. You will have somebody that like Phil out there doing Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're not the one that's doing the uploading or the project management, there's a budget there too. So just keep in mind, uh, we, you know, we open this with talking about no curtains here. We're pulling those back and sharing with you what it takes, but also from a, um, from setting aside your time resources, your financial resources are things to consider as well. So definitely have an eyes wide open, uh, process when you look at the production of an audiobook, the schedule, who you need on the team, and what do you need to make it come in on time, within budget, and be in alignment with the quality that you that you want. Phil, thank you. Thanks for walking us through this, and also thanks for letting me learn alongside you in this process. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm all about sharing knowledge and information, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and the end result is even more fun. (laughs) All right, well, we got a couple more episodes in this season. I'm excited to (laughs) dig a little bit deeper into those. Yeah, me too. Sounds great. (laughs) 
some things we don't know we need to know, and we learn the hard way while doing it. I'm so glad that the only part of the audiobook production process on my end that was hard were the days I spent recording the book with Phil and the hours I spent reviewing it afterward for adjustments. And when I say hard, that is a bit subjective because Phil made it easy for me to not be overwhelmed with the journey, even though it was a harder journey than I expected. But isn't that true for everything else we tackle, author friends? If we knew what it would take to write a book, would we have done it? Someone asked me that once and my answer unexpectedly was no. (laughs) But my hope is that now that you know what it takes to produce an audiobook, you will still choose to produce it anyway because it matters and you matter. And if bringing your audiobook to life is something that matters to you and you would like help, Phil and I would love to help you. Visit empowerprgroup.com slash connect and let's chat. Author friend, thank you for listening today and for saying yes to becoming empowered. As you know, I'm a believer that empowered people empower people and I have empowered you today. Now it's your turn. Go out there and empower others.